we are talking about a comic book, which we all read. If you did not also read this comic book, be aware we may talk about the events that happen inside of it. If this is going to make you sad, you should read the comic book first. That's like playing pretend with five-year-olds. Oh, that Spider-Man, he was just a clone. Did I just have a stroke? Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. I have tough skin, apparently. I did not know I had this power. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. What we did not know was that Nikolai Tesla was the original designer of the Fleshlight. Make it, make it, do it, makes us... Welcome, everybody, to episode 68 of the Trade Secrets Podcast. Today's a another fireside chat with your hosts, Luke Matthews, that's me, and Andy Padell. Oh, hi. Uh, the rest of the crew is is off for this week, so we will be eventually talking about Andy's pick for, for the show, which is a, a Dark Horse book called Buzzkill. Uh, that'll come later, but what? I'm, I'm just... No, ignore me. It's it's early. Uh, yeah. we, we had a delicious breakfast. It's uh, about 10 in the morning at this point, and I, I've got that sort of, you know, I'm just stuffed, and I'm going to sit here on the couch for a minute and just digest. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's there's a few things that we're going to talk about here. Um, we've, got, we've got a listener email from Scanner51. We've got some comic book news. We've got some interesting topics to talk about. And I really, really want to start with this comic book news. What do you want to start with? People doing dumb shit or? Actually, let's start with what we're reading because I do want to talk about the fact that um, I, I think, I don't, I'm not sure if I've actually talked about this on the show yet, but uh, uh, I'm doing, a, I'm reading through everything on my trade shelf in alphabetical order. Um, there will be a few omissions because there's a lot of stuff that I've read very recently, like for the show or for other reasons. And I'm skipping, I'm currently going to skip over, um, we've got a set of the hardcovers of Buffy season nine, season oh, so good. eight. Nine. nine. No, I think season eight is what we have because that was the first comic book one. Okay, yeah. They've done season eight, nine, and now they're in the middle the, of doing The 10. gigantic omnibus yeah. version. Okay. Yeah, and I, I mean, Christina says they're very good, but I'm just like, I, I could not be further from interested. And the volumes, it's so many comic books that I'm just like, I really want to move on to other stuff. So uh, just sort of on the note, I won't spoil anything for you. Sure. I think it's really good. Um, I do like the fact that they sort of, once they got the license back, they're like, okay, all this stuff by other writers did not happen with the exception of this one thing. And it's a side story, and it hmm. doesn't matter. What did they? I mean, oh, you mean like all of the the After basically the, the, the EU yeah, stuff the, that they did? Yeah, for, the expanded universe stuff. The right. only thing that happens that actually matters is Frey, which is awesome because I, I, I own Frey, and I remember them. Um, I remember Frey came out during season six, seven, and I think it came out during season six because season seven was when they introduced the axe. Um, was it? Yeah, okay. and and that's why I was like, I remember reading Frey, and then they started season seven, and they start they like introduced the axe and uh, Nathan Fillion's character, and it was like it was like oh the they put the axe in the show, fuck yeah, you know it's um I haven't watched season seven yet, really, except for the last episode. Oh, sorry, uh, I am so <laughs> the first ever episode I ever watched of Buffy and or Angel was the very last episode of Angel so I had no context of what was going on I just turned on the TV I'm like oh this man people keep talking about this show I might as well watch it it's the final fucking episode of the entire show I'm like oh well that's awkward 
Yeah, so anyway... Back, back the, to the conversation the, of the yeah, comics on the shelf. This started as comics on the shelf. I've got an entire bookshelf plus the top of my bookshelf is loaded with a bunch of books that don't fit, like Absolute Editions and stuff. So, um, I love Absolute Editions, but they are a fucking nightmare They're, store. Yeah, they really are. They're just a pain in the ass on shelves. Hope you, hope you have a bookshelf with adjustable bookshelves because you're going to yeah. need to you know, basically make almost a yeah, double fu- space. <laughs> fuck symmetry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've gone through the A's. You know, it's, the first book on my shelf is Hundred Bullets, um, which I already did. I did that read for the show, and then I just continued by reading everything in alphabetical order. And I just got finished with the entire run of Grant Morrison's uh, Batman and Batman and Robin. So good. Which it starts out rough um, because it starts out with the black glove stuff, and that was not good. Um, oh, I was. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the um, the one that starts out with the pig storyline. That's Batman and Robin. So I started before that. Okay. I started with I started with Black Glove and Batman and Son. Okay. Um, then went into Batman which and Robin. leads into Batman and Robin after what was it Infinite Crisis? I think is when Batman gets fuck if I sent, know. And he's not sent here. By, yeah, it's it's it, I think it's Infinite Crisis where he gets sent away by Darkseid. Infinite Dark Side, Crisis of Identity. Dark Side, Side, whatever. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, and then Batman and Robin is when it's it's Damian Wayne and Dick Grayson, yeah. and that's fantastic. Like the especially that first three issue arc where they introduce Professor Pig, amazing. Like one of the very few times that I can say because like we've had this discussion on the show, I'm Frank not Quietly. a fan of Frank Quitely's art. So I loved though. Frank Quitely's art in it's that. So good. It was so fantastic and it fits so well. Um, and then the other artists that they brought in along the run of Batman and Robin, some of them were okay, but none of them, none of them hit the right tone. Like not, especially to Morrison's writing, like Morrison and Quitely together are just a fan fucking tastic combination. It, they did new X-Men together too, right? Like, yeah. They did, um, oh my God, why can't I think of, uh, Flex Mentalo. Yeah. 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 So, um, and now I've moved on from Batman, because the beauty of this is that the timing of me reading this stuff is going to work out well for the show, because when I get to Bone in the alphabetical order, it's going to be just in time for me to read you it for the show. You don't even have to switch stuff up, you son of a bitch. Yeah. So, um, but right now I'm on Battle Chasers. Uh, so, tomorrow when you're on the next book? Well, yeah, I've, I'm halfway through Battle Chasers, and it's going to go Battle Chasers, uh, Black Beetle, Black Sad... One and two, okay, and then bone, and and I'm gonna do. I'll I'll, I'll keep updates on how quickly I get through these things. But I've got all the way down to the last book on my shelf is Why the Last Man? Why I think it's Why the Last Man. No, it's a book by Joel Jones called You Have Killed Me. Huh. It's like a murder mystery uh, noir crimey thing. You've read Black Side before, though, right? I've read the first volume. I haven't read the second one oh, yet. So, you son of a bitch. You so, I'm so jealous of you right now. Because <laughs> there's a third volume that just hasn't been localized. Yeah, I heard about that. It's it's available in Argentina or yeah, Brazil Argent- or whatever, whatever the fuck, yeah. South America. And I'm just like, God damn and it. Spain. Turn, make this English. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's basically what's taking up my time reading because uh, I'm, I'm, very very close to making to pulling the trigger on going trades only for my comic collection now um i'm just i i, I I'm think not, i'm done I, with floppies i can't do it because i like if not if enough floppies don't sell then they don't make trades yeah i know but uh, they're 
I have to leave that to the people that can afford it. Yeah, you that's know? fair. That's and totally fair. I just can't. I I just can't afford to be double dipped anymore. So like I paying, you know, for twelve issues of a comic book, I'm paying fucking like 40 fifty bucks. Forty bucks. Yeah. So um, it's like forty eight dollars because most of most of oh, what yeah, I buy is four three, bucks. Yeah, three ninety five. Um, so back in my day, <laughs> comic books cost a nickel, and they came with a stick of gum. Yeah. Seventy-five cents when I started buying comics was the price. They were. I can remember some sixty cents ones. Yeah, when I started reading was like eighty something in mid eighties, and Transformers and GI Joe were what I was reading, and they were seventy-five cents a pop. Um, so yeah, I I just you know I've talked about the value proposition before, so I won't go into that. But what but basically what it boils down to is that I think I'm probably just going to um, I'm just going to switch to. Uh, trades only and i'm just going to buy the trades when they come out because I, f- I did find out that actually the margin for for uh for publishers the margin on trades is actually quite a bit bigger than the margin on floppies yeah because the, um, the print runs are so much more expensive yeah for- so like it's it's a it's this weird thing where if the monthlies don't sell the trade doesn't get made but the trade makes more money for the sh- for the um for the publisher so it's kind of this like i would honestly and i know that i'm in the minority for most comic book fans but i would honestly rather get a what it's 22 pages an issue so we're looking at like 130 140 page i would rather get a excuse me 130 140 page uh hardcover trade every 6 months than buy floppies ever like i'm and that's, i'm the opposite way I love going into I think my most shop. Most people are. Um, for me, so one thing that I like about getting the single issues is sitting down, like after I've gone to my store, and there's just a stack of these different stories. It's not one big story, one big story, and one big story. It's just little vignettes of each thing. Yeah. And the the ritual, I guess, of you know going in, talking to the people at my shop, and just kicking back and you know seeing what's going on. Like getting keyed into what I should be looking forward to because my shop knows what I like and what I don't like at this point so much so that like they'll see something in previews and be like, hey, because you liked this, this, and this, have you checked out this independent book called Blades and Lasers? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, what's it about? And my guy at the store is like, okay, so there's this guy and he handles the blades and this guy and he handles the lasers. I'm like, fucking I'm in. <laughs> and it was just, you know, simple little independent book, but it was great. It's, yeah. you know, like a 10-minute read tops. I read it, loved it, and I'm like, I would have. there is no way that I would have ever, like, even heard of this mm-hmm. book outside of that. Yeah, and I mean, that's the, that's kind of the argument for floppies, right? Um, so it's, it's, it's one of these weird industries where it's almost like, I, I feel really strange about the comic industry because I love it to my core. I absolutely adore comic books. I love the medium. I read, uh, I read a shitload of stuff. My tastes have changed over the years, but I still love reading comic books. Period. But I'm just it. It feels like at the rate that comic book floppy prices are going up, that unless something dramatic happens with like digital comics, the it. It almost feels unsustainable, but a lot of people say that, right? That that has been said for years, for years over across it, This is the death of the comic industry, well, and I well, don't. Comics are over a dollar, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I know that I'm probably full of shit. I know that it's 
unsustainable for me right now to continue to to pay twice for the same story, right? Yeah. Like I would love to be able to what if I had my way, I would love to be able to take the 12 issues of Lazarus that I'm going to buy and trade them with like a little bit more for the trade. <coughs> But I can't do that. Like you and I were talking before the show that I had this, you know, I had a short box full of comics that I was trying to sell or trade so that I could buy trades with it because it's stuff that I either had already replaced with trades or stuff that I didn't want to read anymore, like unwritten. And when I took a full short box of well over 100 copies of comics into my comic book shop, they offered me 25 bucks for it. And I'm like, that's a quarter an issue. Like, even if, I mean, I understand your margins and everything. And I understand that a lot of this stuff is fairly new, so it's probably not going to move real fast, but like, I can't, I can't sell this stuff for a like, quarter an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Like one, like 8% of cover price now. And then I turned around and luckily have been able to sell a lot of it, but I'm st- even, even selling a lot of what I'm selling, I'm still selling them for 75 cents to a dollar an issue that I paid $4 a pop for. Like the secondary market on comics is, doesn't exist anymore. Nope. So, it's just one of those things. But uh, I want to talk about. I want to completely tan, go into a tangent. Totally fine. Let's move. Uh, let's talk about stuff that I'm not reading anymore because I just <laughs> can't do it. Like fables, I can't read it anymore. It's almost over, dude. They're ending it. I don't care because <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to. It's supposed to end with issue 150, which is only like 10 or 11 issues away, sure. something like that. Eventually, I'll you know pick up the trades and finish it <laughs> off, but that's not now. That's how I'm getting it too. I'm getting that's that's one that I've never gotten in singles. So now I'm just I'm uh, I even stopped buying the soft cover trades because they started coming out with the deluxe hardcovers, yeah. and I'm just going to get it in deluxe hardcovers, and eventually I'll own the whole run. But yeah, I've heard I that. tried so hard, and I, like I loved it until like issue 75 to 100 somewhere in there. I, I think you said 100 because I think you you always used to tell me that 100 is where it should have ended because that's when they that's defeated when they defeat the, the adversary or the adversary yeah, yeah. like and that, it's like that, that boom, was a perfect done. ending and it just kept going yeah that's the same problem that unwritten had I think was that um fables and unwritten were vertigo's two tent poles uh like ongoing tent poles especially after the new 52 folded uh Constantine in so that hellblazer went away yep um so they had to keep going, right? It was one of those things where, like, I'm sure that the upper, the people in the upper reaches of Vertigo went, y- if you end this story, we go down the drain. Yeah. Like, and that's a shame because everyone I know who loves Fables and has read up past 100 says it's just gone too long. And I, I got into Unwritten because of this show at, like, issue 13 and was faithful reader and it just like there's a distinct point where that book just takes yeah like in the mid 30s it was clear in the it was clear that that book had probably a 40 issue storyline that they could have gone front to back and been awesome this is done and somewhere in the mid 30s i have a feeling that was when they went to mike carey and went nope you got to keep going and by the time it got to issue 45 or so, it was just garbage. And then the sales tanked, and then they tried to revive the sales by doing a Fables crossover, which was stupid. 
And then when the Fables crossover didn't succeed, they tried to revive sales by rebooting it as Unwritten Apocalypse, and Unwritten Apocalypse was terrible. So, blah. But other than that, the other book that I can't read anymore is The Walking Dead. Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of people, actually. Um, And it's really weird why. Crossed is a better written book. (laughs) Wish you were here. Uh, Crossed, wish you were here. Uh, Like, for anyone who's reading or listening for the first time, don't read Crossed. Don't. It's it's hyper violent and hyper sexualized, and it just makes you feel bad as a reader. <laughs> However, the um, the online one uh, Crossed Wish You Were Here is brilliant. It because they're doing it online and they're doing like eight issues a week, once a week, um, with some bi weeks in between. The way that they're telling that story is crafted in such a tight manner. That just the progression of the characters, I think it's finally coming to an end, and it is fantastic. Hmm. It, the writing is so good that they're like Walking Dead. Um, the, the in general, like the big thing for Walking Dead has been shock value. Like there have been scenes where you're just like, oh, Cross blows that out of the water to the point where now Walking Dead doesn't have any sort of pull for me. There's nothing that they can do in that book that will shock me. Yeah, and it's. Um a lot of people have have told me because I I get that one in trades in hardcover, hardcover trades. trades so and I'm even way behind on those and even in the hardcover trades that I've read it just feels it feels real cynical like like the only thing driving the book anymore is let's calm everything down long enough to try and shock something shock people with somebody's death or dismemberment and it's like eh that's that's not interesting to me anymore. It's not like, like there has to be a point. the The problem that I have also with zombie universes, and this is super nerdy of me though, is the concept that zombies are con- are constantly decomposing, but never, but are never um, incapacitated. Yeah. Right. Like that's my biggest problem with Walking Dead is major zombie apocalypse happened swept across the globe like every zombie apocalypse and every zombie movie and now even in world that story has been going on for like eight years and zombies just aren't yeah. going you're, away if They're you're a like, rotting corpse you are eventually going to break down whatever you know, yeah your body will not heal and you will fall apart right that was the best part of world war z was that it was you know, told from the perspective of "quote unquote" survivors of the zombie apocalypse, and it was because of that exact thing, right? Zombie apocalypse destroyed the world for like ten years, and then the zombies broke down, and they were no longer a threat. And now they're trying to rebuild the world f- from the ashes, yeah. right? And that's my The Walking Dead. Like, I like the concept of an ongoing zombie story, but I. F- feel like Kirkman would have done better to couch it in a world where it wasn't quite as sweeping and epic a zombie apocalypse where maybe it was definitely a problem but it was like maybe a slower paced don't issue like, so don't there's immediately go into 99.9% of the population has already been infected. exactly like start out with like maybe 30% in various pockets or something like yeah. that and just let it spread from there mm-hmm. yeah I, I'm Walking Dead is just I'll I, I'll still read it, but it's like it just it's the same shit over and over and over again, and it doesn't really. And I I don't think 
I don't think Kirkman gives a fuck about it anymore, right? Because he, it's one of those books that because of the book's success and the show's success, it just sells, right? It's like you don't, he doesn't people need buy to because sell people it anymore. Buy it. Yeah. So I want to get to the, uh, to our listener mail real quick. Um, Is Invincible me, still going? Uh, yeah, Invincible is still going. It's on issue 112 or 113, I think, okay. something like that. Um, and I was stupid and didn't pull up the listener email before um, actually starting this conversation. So I have to get to it here real quick. Oh my quick. God. This makes for amazing podcasting Isn't it? material. Yeah, it's great. Hey, listeners at home, I apologize blah, blah, for blah, Luke's blah, incompetence. Blah, blah, blah. It's better than my editing. You don't need to apologize for my incompetence. They know, sir. If they've been listening to this show, they know just how fucking incompetent I am. Here we go. Okay. So this email is from Scanner51. Uh, long time listener, new fan. I don't know what the fuck to call it, but um, he's uh, he's sent us several emails and he's going again. He says, "Great show, everyone. Thank you." Um, he said he the first thing he said is that um, he read the first two issues of of Pretty Deadly and really couldn't get into it. Which I guess I could see it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I. I it's hard for me to look objectively at it because I love it, right? I'm, so it's hard for me to look objectively at it to a certain extent because I love westerns. Yeah, so do I. And and it's one of those things where, like, I guess I can understand that because of the fact that the first two issues are super vague, like super vague. They don't. She doesn't tell you very much. She doesn't. It's a world help. It, yeah, it, it, but anyway. What he says is, anyway, I was wondering if you guys could think that this type of genre of fantasy western could be used in other ways. Could this type of genre be used in shows and movies? We've never really seen anything like it, or at least I never have, on the big screen or the little screen. And he says, the last, <laughs> the last western that I watched was way back in the 90s with Briscoe County Jr., and I love that show. I love that show, too. I own that show on DVD. Luke loves that show. That show was awesome. It was cheesy as fuck, but it was... Cheesy as like, fine, but, but it was Bruce Campbell, so how could it not be cheesy as fuck? Like, Lord Bowler is one of the best characters that I've ever seen on a TV show. I mean, I had... That show came out in the mid-90s when I was in high school, and... I had the biggest fucking crush on Dixie Cousins when I was in high school. Like, shit. So, what? You look uh, I, thoughtful. I'm, I'm trying to think of... Uh, I know there are westerns that are quite good, actually, that were TV shows. However, I think... I don't know how they've aged is the thing. Yeah, that's... Uh, the TV show westerns that were the real popular ones were all in the 50s and 60s and 70s. And um, some of the ones that were that they tried to do later just i mean the thing though that he's talking about is specifically like a fantasy western the weird west type thing i really think that they could work very well as a tv show or a movie i think it's a genre that doesn't get approached very much because i f- i almost feel like western fans the people who are really big fans of westerns don't necessarily take to the supernatural stuff as well so uh this is just sort of uh my opinion I think Firefly fits very well into that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, oh, absolutely. If you replace fantasy with, you know, high science, for lack of a better sure. term, and then put it in space, that that's... Yeah, it's great, but it only lasted 13 episodes. So that's the problem, though, is that I th- I, I would love... Because I have seen Weird West stuff in other, 
in other formats and not TV or movies though, and it's in games because Deadlands was the first real one that I saw that was like a really popular one. Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. No, that's not really. That's like earlier and European. So, so the three best westerns most people consider are spaghetti westerns. But they're tech. Okay, yes, they were filmed in Italy, but technically they were set in the U.S. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? Okay, so yeah, no, I see. But that's what about. I mean. The yeah. setting is very European in those. Yeah. Um, um, I I now don't get me wrong. I I love Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. That I movie fucking was love that movie. So much fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the problem is that I just don't think it's a. It's one of those. It's one of those genres that doesn't get approached on a mainstream scale very often. Like no, like they tried to make this. Uh, speaking of, I am really pissed off that I don't live in Santa Fe because this last weekend, Six this gun. last week, yeah, George R. R. Martin owns a theater in Santa Fe, and he partnered with Cullen Bunn and Brian Hurt to do two screenings of the unaired Sixth Gun pilot that will never get aired, which pisses me off. Um, but Six Gun was going to be made into a TV. They got they got a pilot ordered and it got made. Um, but apparently, it didn't get picked up as usual. It's you know just like Lock and Key, like fantastic pilot apparently, but it didn't get picked up. Um, uh, she was going to be an animated series. She was going to be an animated series, but I would love to see more weird westerns and movies. And I mean, there's there is one recent one which is Cowboys versus Aliens, which That's, is kind yeah. of and it was okay. It wasn't great. It was... I will be open and honest. See, I have not watched it, but I had no desire to watch it. Exactly. Well, so the problem with it wasn't that it was exceptional. It wasn't exceptionally bad. It wasn't exceptionally good. The biggest sin that they caught, they that they uh, committed with it, it was it was boring. Like and like Godzilla boring. I don't know. I haven't seen Godzilla, but. Um, no, it was just like it was just uninteresting, which is a shame because it's a storyline and a and a world that could have been cool and it was fucking directed by Jean Favreau, so like there was a chance for it to be good and it was just not it just wasn't good. I, I'm worried about the glut of comic book movies. I am a little bit, but I'm worried about the DC side because I think they're really going to fuck it up. I think that uh, I, my my concern is that there's going to be so many comic book movies that come out eventually that people are going to be like, oh, another comic book movie, God damn it. They're already doing that. But like, people are already in that attitude. Really, you think? Yeah, I do. Hmm. I I don't know. I think I think as long as they keep doing them right, I think it's a good it's a good well to to plumb for stories. Um, but, uh, you know, it depends and, and bringing that, you know, bringing up the last part of, of, uh, scanner 51's email, he says, this is the time for comic book shows. DC is going to have four. Here's where I'm. He says, Marvel. Well, ah, screw Marvel. Oh, scanner. I don't understand. I don't understand. I really don't. Now, don't get me wrong. Gotham looks fantastic. Does it? Oh yeah. I'll show you the trailer later. It looks spectacular um i like arrow the flash looks great um so but the netflix shows that marvel is doing and the reason they're doing them is looks fantastic like uh, this the, the lineup of shows makes me so happy because of two of this like particular ones and what it's going to lead into yeah so for the edification of listeners who I'm sure know um, already, but it's there's going to be four shows, starting with Daredevil. That's going to be the first one, yeah. and it's going to be they're going to be 13 episode single seasons, and it's going to be Daredevil, um, Iron Fist, 
Luke Cage and AKA Jessica Jones, which is um, alias alias basically, but they can't call it alias. Um, and then all of those are going to have a 13 episode short season. And then they're all going to lead into a defenders miniseries. And fuck. Yes. I, I don't, that sounds fantastic. So I, I have stated many times in the past. I love iron fist. I love iron fist. I love iron fist. <laughs> I don't know why, but the white dude who's like bat Kung Fu Batman is just, <laughs> it works for me. There's some weird thing where I'm just like, this is great. I read um, like five issues of Fractions Run on Immortal Iron Fist, and it was fucking amazing. The one where there's the Iron Fist with the pistols? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, the new I really liked the first issue of the brand new Iron Fist book that they did. Um, but I love Luke Cage. I think he's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I sort of pair him as like <sighs> Power Man has always sort of been Iron Fist's sidekick, for lack of a better term. And I, that's just how I mentally associate the two. It's sort of a pairing. It, whether it was in Heroes for Hire or just whatever, they're always together. Mm-hmm. Unless Luke Cage is with Jessica Jones. Yep. Because Alias is the best Marvel Max book that is not named Punisher Max. <laughs> it was the first, and it is by far my... F- it was just, like... It is the first book where I've known nothing about it going into mm-hmm. And just been like, this is great. Yeah, it was really, really good. I think it was Bendis who wrote that. And kudos to him if that's the case. Because yeah. just some of the twists and turns in that book are so unpredictable and so well written that I'm just like, wow. Yeah. He says uh, he would like to see the Image Boys get some more shows, get shows on the air. And, and I agree. I would there's choose a step in the right direction. Choose a step in the right direction. There's plenty of there's plenty of places that they could go for TV shows other than Walking Dead. Um, Kickass is Kickass is Marvel. Oh yeah, because it's um, the sub uh, icon icon. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't know. There's there's plenty of Image books. The the it's, we're kind of in a weird space with that, though, because um, since Marvel does not have a unified universe, like people who watch, people who are now, or Image, yeah, sorry, uh, people who are now into the Marvel stuff and the DC stuff that they're all trying to build towards something um, are going to see, they're going to see an image, a show based on an image property and not quite like it I don't think it's going to have the same marketing potential that like Marvel and DC are able to pull out of their unified universes right now. You literally could have said anyone other than Marvel. Yeah, I really like, I picked the worst possible You, you picked the slip. only wrong answer. <laughs> you could you could have said Dark Horse, mm-hmm, you could have mm-hmm, said mm-hmm, Image, mm-hmm, you could have said mm-hmm, Icon, you could have said IDW, I could have said Oni, any of them. Any any sec, uh, sec I could first. have even I could have even said DC and still not been as off as I was by saying Marvel. Yeah, it's not really a unified. Sometimes Batman is really cool. Sometimes <laughs> he's just mopey. Yeah. Sometimes he's dead. Sometimes he's Dick Grayson. Sometimes he's his own father. Huh? Who knows? last two weeks we have been reading buzzkill it is a dark horse comics book by donnie cates donnie oats donnie cates that's it's really hard to read his name on the way they've got it written on this cover it's oats with a c <laughs> oh that's that one's better donnie cates mark resic Rez, i'm assuming Reznicek. i think that's pronounced right Reznicek. it's pronounced Reznicek. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and jeff shaw um 
the it is a four issue miniseries, and the premise of the book is a guy who is introduced as Ruben um, basically has he gains superpowers from drugs and alcohol, and best superpower <laughs> ever. His his superpowers are pretty straightforward, um, but in the book they do explain that he gets different superpowers from different drugs. So like um, caffeine makes him makes him gives him hyper senses, like he can hear, he gets super hearing, super smell, and all that. Um, if he gets drunk, it basically turns him into an invincible like super being super strength invulnerability that sort of thing they don't really go into a lot of detail about what other drugs do to him i don't think it's really needed it's just you know the fact that basically in order to get powered up he needs to ingest all the drugs yeah they they don't it's weird and it maybe it's just because i wasn't paying attention but they don't really explain what cigarettes do for him. But he's constantly smoking. But he's constantly smoking, and he makes a comment about, I'll let you guess what cigarettes do for me. And I'm like, sorry, can't guess. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, maybe it's because I've never done drugs or smoked, but I don't know where it would... Does it, is it a healing? Do, do cigarettes make him heal faster or something? Do they give him a healing fa- I don't know. I have no idea what they do in this book. So wait, you've never done drugs? Not once. I've never smoked. Uh, I've never done any drugs. I've never. I've never even had a pot brownie. Um, I've only the only drug that I've ever done is alcohol. So. Yeah, fair enough. I was going to make a joke about after the fact getting started after a meth binge. But <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, but it sure fucking triggered one. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta find a copy of Blaster Master right now. <laughs> Uh, so it is, it is an interesting thing that I don't really have. I, I mean, it's been interesting for me to read always to read books and, uh, watch shows that have, have drug use as a major component, um, because I can't identify like, and that's something that I've seen from some of the better writers out there who clearly have a history with, with, if not, if not doing drugs themselves, at least being around the culture of it. Um, like Remender is, uh, Remender and, um, Fraction, like I, I have no clue what their history with actually doing drugs if they ever have, but I know that from talking to both of them that they've been around that culture before right because both of them were were hardcore into into music into the music scene and have been around like people who have done drugs i cannot identify like i like that was my biggest problem with reading the latest issue of deadly class like i loved it i thought it was awesome but i have i have no idea how to identify with somebody that's that's you know eats an entire sheet of lsd tabs so yeah that's like completely something i don't understand at all <laughs> um but from what i know from people like uh because I, I have friends who've partied harder than most people will say <laughs> uh like i've sort of gotten some insight into that world and it's a very strange place it really is um buzzkill so i'm gonna start with the artwork because i actually really really like well, the artwork actually, in this be- book. Before, <laughs> before we go to that i just want to talk about one of the main themes is the um, about buzzkill is that it's not so much i mean Yes, it is a superhero story, but it actually focuses more on the effects of sort of the consequences of his powers. Sure. Um, like, it literally starts out where he's in an AA meeting talking about, you know, 
some stuff and how he blacked out and doesn't even remember what happened other than some destruction. Mm-hmm. And for most people, that would be like, you know, a car wreck or something like that. No, he was in a fight that leveled an entire city. Yeah. So I guess I'll, I guess I'll go with that because actually that is one of the things I thought this book was okay. Um, I, and one of the reasons why I just thought it was okay was that I, I really feel like if this were given, um, a little bit more depth and a longer run, uh, that they could have explored some of those ideas more than they did in this. Um, the book ended up feeling kind of superficial to me because they don't, like there's they, not enough time to delve into it. Yeah, he kind of touches on this idea that uh, Ruben slash Francis, the main character, um, for the listeners at home, Francis is the actual real name of the main character. He introduces himself as Ruben. Yeah, because he's go. The book starts with him in an AA meeting, and he introduces himself as Ruben because he doesn't want people to know who he is. Um, and the the premise being that he has had all these negative experiences because of the fact that he found out he had powers from drinking, used those powers, but didn't control himself because he was always having to be fucking blitzed to get his powers. And sort of the association with all of the the powers is that something really bad happens the first couple times that he finds out that he has powers. Yeah. And it's kind of a strange progression through the book, in my opinion, because of the fact that he decides to give it up. He decides to... Because there's there's clearly a history that they've built into this book where they describe him having found out that he has powers. Now he he decided at one point to try and use them to be a full-on superhero. So he would, you know, he made himself a costume, he would get blitzed, he would go out and, you know, fight crime against a a host of other supervillains and superhero. He was part of a superhero group. And um, they don't really explain whether or not the same type of superpowers happen for, like, they don't explain the reasoning for other people's superpowers. So you kind of assume that it's just a, a normal superhero world that the everybody gets powers for different reasons and his just happened to be coming coming from alcohol um so he quits doesn't want to be a hero anymore because he has some bad experiences he blacked out and destroyed half a city and took out uh, a supervillain in the process um but then his own dad, if I remember right. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the revelation that happens in issue four. Is that the the supervillain that he dis- that he took out? Turns out he was the only person who would have been able to take him out, and it um, and it's a guy who it was his own dad, and it's he inherited the same power from his father. Um, but my problem is that I feel like they really could have gone uh, with a more serious tone. And develop and developed that theme of, um, you know what what happens when you lose control, right? Like the fact that he was trying to deal with the fact that very bad shit happened when he lost control, very much the same way a drunk driver has to deal with the consequences of getting drunk and like injuring or killing someone, right? That was kind of what I got from this was that they were trying to put him in that light where he was like, I got blitzed. I lost control of the power that I gained from it. I hurt some people, did some bad shit, and now I'm trying to atone. And I feel like they 
missed that track almost entirely. So I, I slightly disagree. I feel like um, the the natural consequence of his power is absolutely that you know sort of horrible shit happens because it only matters if you're invulnerable. If something really bad happens, and if there are people around you who are not invulnerable, they're done. Yeah. Like the uh, the first time that he ever goes out drinking. Uh, he's with some buddies, and he's, he mentions that he doesn't even remember getting in the, the car with them. And he was not driving. They were. But his two friends that he's in the car with die instantly in a car wreck. And he gets launched out the front window, and he's totally fine. Yeah. So he doesn't drink for five years. Then he's in college, and he decides to pledge a frat. He and all the pledges get loaded into the back of, like, a U-Haul van with a keg. And they have to drink the keg, and he just starts, you know, drinking away. The problem with it is that the keg is unsecured. And they're driving down bumpy roads, so everyone gets crushed to death by a keg. I don't even know how that happens exactly. I see. That's the thing is, I was I was kind of there was a little vague in that in that respect, and I was always curious whether or not they got crushed to death by the keg, or he got blitzed and ended up hurting them no, with I, his powers. I think so. The, I think it was the the keg that was getting bounced around that killed everyone. I mm. think it is like I said, it is vague, or like you said, it is, yeah. it is vague, but. I think that that sort of sets the tone for bad things happen when he has to use his powers. Right. But that's the but that's the problem and here's here's where I was leading with it is that the tone is set that bad things happen when when he uses his powers, but then the side storyline or the the crux of the storyline is that he has given up his powers. He's going to AA to try and uh give up the drinking and give up being a superhero and stay on the wagon and his all of his former villains band together find him and realize that he's on the wagon and doesn't have his powers and try to kill him yep. and from that point forward the storyline and the tone shifts to well okay maybe his powers are just fine Right, it, they don't. It's no longer a story about how his powers are dangerous. It's a story about how he saves himself via punching with his powers. I think it's more of a, the fact. I think it's sort of a metaphor of the world forcing people into a certain lifestyle and how difficult it is for them to sort of get clean. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but it also it it also there's so much positive. There's so much positive that comes out of him falling off the wagon that it it doesn't really reflect the concept of like someone trying to get clean and it it's to me it felt like the tone of the story was um fuck it just do drugs anyway See, right and uh, that's and that's why it felt a little that's why i'm so meh about it and so just kind of okay with it because he ends up saving the day at the end of the book. Um, at the cost of his own life. Yes, but at, you know, at the cost of his own life and the cost of his own power. So it's almost like the tone of the book almost ends up feeling like, oh, fuck it, just do drugs anyway because whatever, you're going to die. See, I, no, I, I, and it, it's really weird. It's I just disagree. It's a weird tone for me. I, I, I feel like the, the end, I mean, everyone is allowed to interpret this in their own way. Like, he really wants to set himself straight and sort of redeem himself for his actions. Sure. And when he, in the process of that, you know, he realizes that if without just completely sacrificing himself, what's going to happen is that, you know, villains are going to get a serious advantage. So in his final act of atonement, he sacrifices himself to save the world from a threat that he is the only possible person who can solve. Which doesn't really make sense when you meet some of the other superheroes. Well, yeah, and it doesn't make sense because it's like, 
I, I mean, I feel like the, I feel like the tone is less about, I, I feel like the reason that he sacrifices himself at the end is more because he feels responsible. He feels that he has a responsibility because he has powers, you know, the great with great power comes great responsibility thing. But the only way he can get those powers in order to fulfill his responsibility is to lose control completely. And when he loses control completely, he does more damage than good. Right. So that's what it, it, that's what it felt like to me. Like the reason he'd sacrificed himself was because he was like, I might be the only person that can deal with these villains, but they cause less damage than I do when I'm, trying to fight them yeah it's the sort of the the idea that he accidentally causes more damage than they purposely do right and and i don't know it's 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 just a weird tone because the other so throughout the book throughout the four issues i felt that it was only touching on these concepts at a very superficial level on the surface um he doesn't they don't really go very deep into it um he never really feels uh, remorseful, I guess. It, like they try, but I just don't feel like they succeed in getting him. Okay. I mean, to and, and do you think part, that tone? Do you think part of that was because of the condensed nature of the story? Part of it, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, the, I don't know if this we mentioned is there was a four issue series or not. Yeah, we okay. did earlier. the The book has a great premise, right? Like, it's it's a very good. Log line. It's it's one of the best that I've seen in a while. I think that it deserved a a longer run, a longer run to to more develop some of those ideas, and for the creative team to approach it from a much more um, from a much deeper perspective, because they really what it feels like to me is two guys that the, the the way this story if developed and came about was two guys who were drunk one night going <laughs> what if we got superpowered from being drunk and then tried like tried to be like okay maybe you know maybe the, we could in- inject some sort of like you know the the fault of you know the fault of the hero is that he's you know he loses control and he's trying to get away from it um but I just don't think I just don't think they succeeded in in exploring the ideas that they that they barely touch on enough to make it like really impactful. I think so. I, I disagree because I think it comes more from the perspective of someone who may like maybe uh, Donny Cates was in like AA or something like that, or has a friend or something along those lines, and he's like, you know, this could be a, a really good story. Yeah, and you know, he pitched it, and they're like. Okay, you got four issues to do this. He's like, okay, I can do that. And then when he gets to the end, he's like, shit, this just isn't enough Maybe. time. I, and that's the thing. That's one of the things that I immediately thought when I was trying to, when I was reading through this, is I wonder how someone who's in AA would react to this storyline because I, I, it is one of those things that almost feels like it's tipping over that edge of being... Um, disrespectful, right? So it's 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 like dis. I I it's really on that weird gray area where I 
having never been an alcoholic, having never no really honestly known anybody who's in AA, I can't um I can't really I don't really have a frame of reference for deciding whether or not this is something that is is across that line, right? Whether it's respectful or disrespectful or if it's just in that gray area where no one gives a fuck. See, I was I think like sort of a, as a, a tangent, I don't think like you can sort of clump all those people together. Oh, I think clearly. Some, I but mean, I'm saying, you know, I don't like, yeah, fuck it. I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, well, I mean, it, that's the thing is like, you might, everybody's different, of course, yeah. but um, there is, you know, recovering, recovering alcoholics all have that in common at least. And AA is a very specific environment that, they represent in this book very clearly. Um, and I just, I just really, I would love to talk to somebody who has gone through AA and read this book and see what they think of how it represents, like whether they think it's respectful to, to their struggle or not. Actually, the person who recommended the book to me was in NA. Okay. So I think that's sort of a interesting bit of praise. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, aside from aside from all of that, like let's talk about the art. I like the art, and I like the world that he creates. I love the I love like, the fucking League of Superheroes that yeah. they have with the shitty ass name. Pterodactyl, like, call me Discharge. <laughs> yeah, Pterodactyl. Pterodactyl. That is actually some of the comedy in the book is fantastic, um, and one of the best one of the best in- exchanges is Daniel slash Discharge. Where um, uh, Francis keeps calling him Daniel, and he's like, "My name's Discharge, man. Code names. Call me a code name." And um, Pterodactyl goes, "Pterodactyl is my real name." <laughs> <laughs> like um, the world is great. I think it's. I just I never realized that there's something floating in space outside the windows of the um, League of Heroes, like thing anyway um one thing that i've noticed about when they're drawing um i don't even actually know what the superhero name is which one uh the main guy i don't think they ever say i don't think he ever says what his actual superhero name is unless it's way early in the book when they draw him oh it's it's um no because remember i think it's absolute because every time they say his name it gets it's crossed out in the lettering, like beca- because the the uh, the premise is that this story, when you get to the end, you find out that this is a journal that he has kept uh, on that he wrote on his first day of Alcoholics Anonymous, and every time you see his name mentioned, it gets crossed out because he never uh, because the intent behind it is that he never really reveals. Uh, who he is, right? He never reveals his superhero. Yeah. But in one particular scene where that where it's crossed out, you can see the word underneath, and I think his superhero name is Absolute. Um. But the, okay, so to go back to that, the way they draw him as Absolute, and then the way that they draw him without superpowers are completely different body types. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He actually gets a little bit meatier. It's very uh, Shazam. Yeah, actually, very that's a really Mr. Good, Marvel. Yeah. Like, you know, when he's in the suit, he's just a super buff dude. When he's not, he's like... He's like this almost scrawny... Yeah, like anorexic scrawny... Yeah. It, like, you can tell it's the same guy, but it's just like a subtle change. Yeah. 
I'm really what I really wish what I really hope for. There's a scene at the end where he goes back to the I don't know if it's called the League of Heroes or whatever the fuck they're yeah. called the the Avengers and uh, analogy, um, and the leader of them is uh, this guy named Highguard who is you know he's very Supermanish, um, and uh, Highguard is an asshole gets pissed off grabs grabs him and sl- so they're in, they're in a space station. And they're in a room with windows looking out into space. And Highguard slams him into the window and cracks the whole window. And I really want, the moment they teleported out, I really wanted that window to just burst Break. and all of them just go sucked into, the into space. <laughs> uh, you know what I really want? I want a Dr. Black. Dr. Black with one shot. Yeah, he's awesome. So uh, the second, uh, the first sponsor that... Uh, he gets is a robot actually designed by the villains the second sponsor that he gets is a doctor strange with doctor strange with a crazy red eye that just sort of randomly has to be a glass eye like an unsecured glass eye that's just rotating around at random at in his random. head <laughs> and he is phenomenal yeah he's really a good character i <sighs> See, and, and and to be entirely honest, I love that character, and I feel like he's one of the parts of the book that that undermine the the feeling of him trying to atone because there too are weird. too many. Well, it's not it's not the weirdness. It's it's that he's he basically becomes an enabler for um, his you know his power when things like. He finds out that his best friend is sleeping with his ex-girlfriend, right? And Dr. Black is like, put the bat down. And he puts the bat down. He's like, okay, now you can beat the shit out of him, right? And it, and it's it's just like, and then at the end, he's somewhat reluctant to let him go, let to let him, you know, get drunk and, and beat the shit out of his father. But he's mostly just like, yeah, okay, I guess this needs to be taken care of. So it, it's almost one of those things where like, you get a sense at the beginning of the book that he has a power that he cannot use that morally he feels he cannot use, but then everyone around him is like, what the fuck? Fuck morals, whatever you got power, use it. And so everyone is like enabling him to, to do this when he's trying to get the fuck out. I think that's a big sort of part of the idea behind the story. Yeah. I mean, it might be. The art reminds me very much of um, Sean Phillips. I can totally see that. Not, not Sean Phillips. No, Sean Phillips. Sean Phillips is the guy that draws... Criminal. No, that's not who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the guy who draws, um, who drew Joe the Barbarian, Sean Murphy. Sean, okay. And draws The Wake right now. Uh, um, Sean Murphy or the guy who does Luther Strode. Tradmore? Tradmore. I could see Tradmore. I could see a little bit of Tradmore in this. Um, Tradmore is super more exaggerated Specifically than this, in the pencils. I think the coloring softens it a little bit. Yeah, that's true. And and it's that's what I think um that's why I think it looks a lot like Sean Murphy. Like if you look at Joe the Barbarian or The Wake or um some of the or there's there were a couple of American Vampire that Sean Murphy did. Um he did the World War Two storyline. Yeah. Like I think it's very similar. Art is great in this book. Like I really, really like it. I think it fits the tone very, very well. Um, especially the way he draws Doctor Blackwell with his fucked up eye. So hilarious. It's just. It's funny. The first time you see it, you're like, "Did he fuck up that guy's eyes?" And then he turns his head, and his eyes all. And it's like, nope. Every his single eyes are supposed to be fucked up. Just going a different direction. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. I. I 
I think we've covered everything. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think it's um, I think it's worth a read. I just I just it's it feels like a missed opportunity to me. It feels like if Dark Horse had put a little bit more like um, put a, put a little bit more behind it, let the storyline get extended out because this could easily have gone you know, 20, 25 issues and kind of explored those ideas of him trying to get the fuck out and, you know, other, not only other people enabling him, but being forced back into the, a a bad situation by, um, those people around him being targeted by his supervillains and that kind of stuff. Like, uh, I feel like it could have been, um, there could have been a lot more depth to it. And I just, it just feels really superficial. And that was kind of a disappointment when I heard what the premise was. Uh, yeah. Once again, I'm gonna disagree. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's pr- it's exactly what it needs to be. I would have liked to have seen more, but I think with four issues, what they had to work with, I'm a big fan. I would love to see a follow up. I really would. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he's it's not like he's dead. Yeah. They they didn't. You know, it's not like he got decapitated. He is floating in space, but also he was pretty trashed. And like, it's like, eh, he could be dead. He could not. Actually, in the end of the last letters column. They're like, you know, mention to Dark Horse if you want to see more. We've got more stories we want to tell about this. And if, they, you know, they pick it up, we'll tell them. If not, oh, he's dead. He's well, I mean, so dead. Well, yeah, see, that's the thing. They could go either way on it, right? Yeah. Like, he gets blitzed, and as long as the alcohol's in his system, he's got powers. So if you if you really think about it, they could either kill him off, just be like, nope, he died in space. He sacrificed himself. Or he flew into space with his powers, and the vacuum in the cold of space froze him while he still had his powers. So his body didn't metabolize all the alcohol out. So if they they could technically just bring him back to Earth. He comes back to Earth and when like he thaws a giant out drunken meteorite. Yeah, exactly. And is and he thaws out and he becomes he comes back to normal. Um I would I I'd give this a pretty solid borrow. I think it's worth a read. Um I like the art a lot. Um I I'm not sure that I can recommend a buy just because I'm so wishy washy on the story the way the storyline's executed. But I like the world and I like the character. So actually, I'm going to go into to buy on this one. Um, but good luck. It's not on Comicsology. Is there a trade now? God, I think so. I, I think there was a trade announced that was supposed to come out before we did this show. So yeah, I, I, okay. I have to imagine that there's a trade. But you can't get it on Comicsology. You have to get a physical copy of it. Can you get it through the Dark Horse app? I have no idea. Because that's the thing. Dark Horse has their own app. I don't think you can get anything Dark Horse through Comixology, can you? Fuck, I don't know. Well, whatever. I know they have their own app, and I know that people hate it, um, but it, <laughs> but it's uh, a place where you can get Dark Horse comics. So, so yeah. I mean, I, who knows what the other people think about it, but fuck them. Fuck like, they, they weren't sh- here. Yeah, so they should have shown up. Got a solid bar and solid buy. So, there, I mean, there's no burns, clearly. This is something that I think people should read. I think we both think it, people it, should read. Yeah, it's so. more of a matter of we don't know if it's good or great. We're each leaning one way. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just well, for me, it's I, I'm, I'm somewhere between okay and good. Yeah, so good is a, a relative term. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, we're not so, bad. It's not. It's not bad. I don't even think it's okay. I think it's better than good. Luke's like, eh, it could be good. It could be okay. Yeah. <laughs> We've got quite a few shows, good shows events. coming up. Um, we haven't completely quite a few good ones and one really shitty one. One what? What's the really shitty one? Oh fuck! I don't know. I'm just I'm <laughs> based on past performance. That's my expectation. Um, so I know that for the for the 
we've definitely got through episode 71 planned out. Um, this is episode 68. This was Buzzkill. We've got Captain America, the Marvel Now Captain America, the first run with um, um, Remender and J- John Romita Jr. Uh, we're going to do that for the next show, episode 69. The Bone Long Read is episode 70. They're doing the entire run of Bone. Um, and then episode 71 is going to be um, uh, The Answer which was the Mike Norton, Dennis Hopeless, um, kind of goofball superhero-like book. So it's, Is he it's part hard. of the people who defeats the question? <laughs> no, it's it's a completely separate thing. Um, I'm trying to remember who puts it out. I think it's a Dark Horse book, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Anyway, um, so yeah, it's going to be Captain America, Bone, The Answer, and then over the course of the show's following that up to episode 80 at some point we will be doing uh lazarus and velvet um likely help the first volume of hellboy um we've had suggestions for when whenever they come out in trade we've had suggestions for deadly class harley quinn uh scanner 51 suggested that we do some classic batman stuff so uh at some point we're going to do batman the killing joke and then um, we've had suggestions for Miss Marvel whenever for whenever they're in trade, which might be a while, like the new Miss Marvel and Furious. Furious is so um, good. And then uh, Ed, Eddie had suggested that we do Harley Quinn and Zatanna Shades of the Past, so those will get mixed in as well. I'm just happy that he didn't recommend the, the Joker's daughter stuff that DC's doing. I do not understand. The- I have not seen anything about that, but that's because I don't read DC, so... Um, but yeah, there's some other there's some other books that that some listeners have suggested. Like uh, the one that sticks out in my mind was, is Concrete. Like that's one that oh, that's uh, a great dark horse. Yeah, book. Uh, that's that's a pretty good suggestion. And um, so we've got quite a few shows coming planned out. The next long read for episode eighty is the one that we are debating right now. Uh, some suggestions that have come up for for that long read have been um, Akira. And <laughs> sorry, and um, uh, what was the one that Anne suggested? It was uh, I suggested Stray Bullets, and Anne suggested Akira or uh, Lucifer. Um, we might also do Eye Zombie. If uh, if you listen to the show and you've got a suggestion for something that you'd like to s- hear us cover, uh, either you know go on to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Trade Secrets Podcast. Uh, join the group throw your suggestions into the group and let us know what you'd like to see us read either reinforce the suggestions that we've already posted there, or you can suggest your own thing. Um, we, we're wide open to suggestions because we don't really give a fuck what we read on this show. Um, please recommend stuff to me that I haven't read. (laughs) Please. It's not a trap. Yes, it is. It's a huge troll, dude. You read everything. I don't read everything. You read everything. I just read good stuff. I'm sorry you don't read. But that's the problem is that if people suggest shit you don't read, we're going to end up reading shit like Executive Assistant Iris. Like, no. No. (laughs) That's gross. Don't make that face to me. (laughs) Okay, let's move on. Uh, (laughs) As I sit here sort of awestruck, like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So 
very much like Scanner51 did this show. Thank you for your email, Scanner51. You can email the show at tradesecretsatgeekerific.com. You can join the Facebook group at the group uh, address that I just listed, which is facebook.com slash group slash tradesecretpodcast. And uh, we are all on the group, and we all participate. Joel is constantly uh, posting stuff. Uh, Andy and Ann and I and, and Eddie always will we, respond we to things. We comment. Joel is incredibly active in that group, Yeah, actually. he really is. Um, I think he's our social media guy at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty, we found the, the use for him right the blargs and the twats yeah. is our social media the blargs guy. anyway <laughs> the twats not so much I've heard he's not that good with them god that's so stupid and I laugh and I don't know why uh so uh, you can also hit us up on Twitter at Trade Secrets Pod. Um, you can hit us up all individually on Twitter. I am at Geeky Elite. Andy is at Mathtastrophe. Um, we're both relatively active on Twitter. I think I'm more. You're active. way more. I'm active. the most active on Twitter. I am, I'm very like spray and pray. It's like 17 <laughs> posts in an hour and then nothing and then, for a week. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, hit us up on social media. Fire us an email. Uh, we love reading fan emails on the show. Again, thank you to Scanner51 for sending in another email, which he's, this is now the, I think, third email that we've read on the show from him, which is awesome. It's nice to hear somebody who's uh, who's invested and likes the show. Um, this has been episode 68 of the Trade Secrets Podcast. Do you have anything else you want to say before we shut down our fireside chat? Hail Satan. Yeah.